second part of taking possession or possessing our future our inheritance in Christ, I want to just cover a little, um, go in a little more depth on some of those 12 ways that I talked about in the last session. And so I'm going to start uh, just straight off on the, uh, that we need to preach. First of all, I said to preach the whole counsel of God, of, um, you know, the whole Bible as Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 3 tells us. As Paul speaks of it, as the whole counsel of God in Acts 20, 20. And uh, by that I mean, and I'll just give you a few little things to throw in there. Make sure that the Bible, the Word of God, the whole Word of God is the foundation that you build on. When you look at Matthew 24, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, onward where it talks about the wise man and the foolish man building the house upon the rock. While we know that the rock is Jesus Christ in this context, the rock really is when you look at Matthew 7, is, uh, is the Word of God, the whole Word of God. And uh, he, he actually says that when he says, that he that uh, hears and puts into practice, he will be like the man that built his house upon the, uh, the rock. So the rock is putting into practice what God says in the context of uh, Matthew 7. So make sure it's the whole Word of God. Remember what Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That's nothing left out. Every word that comes out proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, <clears throat> you'll see that also in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. If, you, if you're going to be serious about this, have a look at it. And uh, we need to make sure that we get the Word of God into our own hearts and then into the hearts of people. Not just, as I keep wanting to say, so much of what's going on in the body of Christ today seems to be information and so little transformation, so little impartation. But we need to get it into our hearts. Christianity, Christ in us. It's Christ living in us. It's, all, it's, it's a heart experience. So get the word of God, the living word, into the hearts of the people of God. So um, <clears throat> preach the kingdom. When we're talking about the whole word of God, the, uh, we're talking about preaching the kingdom, Christ as king and lord and master, and preach... Um, obedience, preach faith, preach being Jesus to the people, preach signs, wonders, miracles, preach the whole counsel of God, how to live, how to share, how to care, how to love, all of that. So I wish I could go on with that, but when we're preaching the whole word of God, the whole counsel of God, make sure that we're preaching vision, and not only vision and practical living and not only practical living it has to be a combination of try and make every message in a sense vision and practical living uh, how to cope with life and all of its perplexities within the vision that god has given for our lives um, a mixture of proverbs 29 18 and 1 timothy 3 15 Proverbs 29, 18, you'll know that where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint or the people perish. And 1 Timothy 3, 15 says, so that people, these things have I written that you, that people might know how to, they ought to conduct themselves in the household of faith, which is the church of God. So teach the whole word. Then the second ways that, oh, way of the ways of God that I spoke about was breaking camp the camp mindset in the minds of our people, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6. And, and God said to Moses to tell the people to advance, to get outside of that camp, 
the camp mentality or the church done in the same old way over and over and over again. Be creative in response to God's leading and to God's insights. Be creative in your leadership, in your meetings, in your outreaches, in where and when and how and, uh, and why you do church, etc. Uh, in your preaching, in your ministering to and for God. Be creative, not just the same old, same old rut routine. All right? Uh, no, I wish we could have more time to spend on that one. We don't. Ways number three of the ways of God. Go in faith, believing, standing upon the promises of God, as Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 21 says. Take possession and enjoy what God's done for you, who you are in Christ, what He's prepared for us in advance, the good works that the Bible tells us. He's prepared for us in advance, that His plans are plans for good, plans to give us hope, a future expected in, to prosper us, to give us... At every level, it's a good land, a land of milk and honey flowing. While there are wars and while there are problems, we need to enjoy and we need to help our people to live in faith, confessing the word of God, standing upon the promises of God, claiming them for themselves, claiming them for their family and for the church, for the, for the uh, eldership, claiming God's promises for the, the deacon team in your local church, for your translocal team that you're accountable to. Uh, for claiming nations for, for God, standing upon the word of God. God, every place upon which my foot shall tread, you've given it to me. God, you've said, ask of me and I'll give the, the, you the nations for your inheritance, etc. So, and make sure you, you use the full armor of God while you're claiming. Fight the good fight, the fight of faith. And uh, use prayer and praise. Take God's promises as, as prayers and praise. God, this is what you said. I praise you that you, you, you'll fulfill it. I praise you that you're faithful. You, what you've said you will do. What I've committed unto you, you will, you will keep until that day. Having begun a good work in me, I know that you're faithful and you will complete it. In the, and that not only in my life, but in the lives of everyone else. So use the full armor of God, including prayer and praise. And also then, number four was train up leaders and potential leaders from the, the outset, right from the start, that Deuteronomy 1, 9 and 13. Don't wait until you are overwhelmed or start losing people because they, they've not been cared for, uh, that they just become a number, a, a fixture on a seat. Uh, train up right from the outset. For me personally, when I'd get in the pulpit, no matter whether it's a small group or was a huge crowd, I would go into the pulpit to preach to those people like every one of them was a potential leader. Yes, some of them I could see the potential, others we can't. But who knows what God has sitting in your pews, sitting in your chairs, sitting in your lounge room, sitting across the table from you when you come, what God has prepared for those people. So see them as potential leaders and train them. Don't just encourage them with a pat on the back and a nice little word, a little cliche. Give them the word of God and become available to them. And don't wait until it's too late. Make Help your people, the people you train, to see the same as what I'm talking about now. And we said also those who the next little way within the ways of God that was choose those who are already leading, choose some respectable men, etc. That Deuteronomy one, verse fifteen, those that are already receiving and recognized as leadership, people are gathering around with a track record, yeah, people that that 
You can look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 15, and Titus chapter 1, etc., and you see those all those characteristics of maturity starting to develop and become more permanent in their lives. So we move, let me move on. I want to say more, but I, I need to move on. But the, the next little point I said was that don't stop what you're doing. In other words, keep growing and keep going. Don't stop. Don't uh, say, well, I want to take... Uh, I need to take ground later while we do this, while we develop this little team, while we, we get our music group right, or we get our whatever. While you're doing all of that, keep going while you're growing. Keep going while you're growing. God doesn't want us to be static. And then the next little uh, one that I said was in, within a little way within the ways of God uh, was release those leaders. Give them authority. Don't just use and abuse them. Don't make them your your servants, but give them authority. They're all equally as valuable as you, equally as anointed, different giftings, but we all needed. That's why God wants leadership teams. Different people have different anointings and different capacities and different skills. The captains of fives and tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands, those who have talents of one, two or five, uh, but all are equal and all are needed, every single one of us. As Romans chapter 12 tells us uh, about the icon, say, I don't have any ear, need for the ear, etc. Every part of the body is absolutely vital. Um, so let them share, let those leaders, give them the responsibility, give them the authority and help them to actually share that responsibility, that workload, so that it doesn't overwhelm you. And then... Uh, I said also that we need to also remain impartial, where we have no favorites. So read for yourself in James chapter 2, verses 1 through to 8. If a rich man comes in and a poor man, see people as God sees them. All right? Moving on quickly, chapter uh, verse the next little um, way within the ways of God is to investigate or explore your future. The Deuteronomy chapter 122 to 23 and verse 36. And let me emphasizes this exploration and I want to spend a little more time on this I've already gone 10 minutes so I haven't got too much more time but this exploration exploration this uh, exploring this investigating always needs to start in the word of God everything we're going to do into the future has to have not be in conflict with the word of God and it's always better to have the biblical endorsement that God's word says this so uh, 1 Timothy 3.15, that God's people may know how to conduct themselves in the, in the, in the household of faith or the church. Um, so we need to investigate in the Word of God, what does church, church look like in the Bible? Local and translocal. What does it really look like? Not like what are churches doing or what are you maybe even doing, but what does church actually look like? Local and translocal. Study the different faces in the in the Bible of the church. Study them. I think there are 40 odd faces that I've got in one of those manuals, but I've just noted down, uh, I think 12, I think I put it down here. Just let me quickly give them to you with a couple of scriptures. The different faces of, of what the the church is involved is and should be. First of all, it, it's the body. It's the body of Christ. It's to represent him. It's, it's every part needed. But the, the 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31 type thing, the um, um, 
Philippians chapter 1 verse 26. Uh, it, I think that's what it says here, but it's in, in the book of Philippians. Go and study the different faces, the, the body of Christ. And secondly, the church, one of the faces of the church is that it's a bride. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 24 verse to verse 33. Study these for yourself. These are the things that we need to be investigating. See, is this what our church is? If it isn't, then this is what it has to become. And we're going to change it by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's a bride. It's also, thirdly, an army. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through to, uh, to uh, towards the end of that chapter. It's an army using its all the, the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith, etc. Taking ground, capturing, fighting for God, letting God work it, through it. Fifthly, it's it's a it's a building with living stones. So it's fifth and sixth building and living stones. The living stones are one Peter two five. Uh, the building <clears throat> is uh, uh, a building is Ephesians chapter four uh, two, chapter two verse twenty one and twenty two. So see the church as each person that comes into the church. It's, it's God wants to place them in that place that that they fit in. The building that God habitates. It's a habitation of God. It's the family of God is another one of those faces. Uh, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 etc. Chapter 3 verse 14. It's also the ecclesia. The called out ones. It's it's not the same as as, the, as business and the world does it. We, we shouldn't be imitating the world in what we do in our meetings. And how we conduct our meetings. And how we conduct church. And how we even run our church. And administrate our finances. It's a, it, the church should, should be teaching the world, not the world being brought into the church and us doing it with worldly ways. I hope you understand that really. It's Ephesians 3, chapter 10, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 and verse 21 and chapter 5, verse 23 tells us it's the called out ones, the ecclesia. It's also a holy nation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That we're to be a holy nation, different to then somewhere it talks about also being a peculiar people. We are altogether different to the world. Uh, we don't act like them. We don't speak like them. We don't try to use all their gadgets and novel ideas and novelties, etc. It's also a real royal priesthood. I'm hoping you will look for yourselves. What what does this mean? God show me by your spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, a royal priesthood. It's also the pillar and foundation of truth, as 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us. Now, that, that to me is, is very, 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 very convicting. Because if the pillar is not truthful, that which is holding up the building, what God's doing, if your church isn't a, built on truth, and isn't being truthful, what's society going to look like? So preach on that facet or that face. It's also the flock, the flock of God, Matthew chapter 10, verse 12, etc. And it's also, we're also children of light. These are just, as Ephesians 5, 8 tells us, and uh, through, through to verse 21, John 1, 5 tells us, we're the light of the world, Jesus is the light, etc. We're children of light. Now, these are some of the facets. We, now, when we're going to plant a church or we're pastoring a church or we go into a church to teach and help them in their foundations, these are some of the things we need to be putting back in. But we first of all need to investigate what does the Word of God say. 
So at first, so the first little part is, what does church look like? Then secondly, what should church be doing? Read Ephesians chapter 4, the whole of that chapter. Sometimes it's good to read it in the, the Message Bible. It just helps it just to impact us. See, the Message Bible is just a reading, paraphrased Bible, but it brings out what God's communicating there that sometimes we miss. We get so used to our translation that we read every day. But just uh, what is the church? What should it be doing? Ephesians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 2. And it should be doing everything that Jesus did. Acts chapter 1 tells us that Luke wrote these things uh, telling about what Jesus began to do. He's still doing it in and through the church today. We're his body. So Jesus actually said that in John 14, didn't he? In verse 12, he says, What I do, the works I do, shall you also do. And greater works than these shall you do. So what should the church be doing? The next little thing is we need in our exploration in the word of God is what leadership would look like and what its priorities are, what it should be actually doing. And so you could look at Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through to 7. You could look at Acts 20 verses 17 to 35 when Paul addresses the Ephesians church and he tells them, keep, take uh, heed, watch over the, the flock and over yourselves, etc. And, and warning them that people would slip in there and try to beguile people and deceive them, etc. And also, um, 1 Timothy chapter 3 tells us we, we, we're to rule well and to love and to care for people. What Titus chapter 1 verse uh, from verse 5 onward and then in 1 Peter chapter 5 as well. That, all those things tell us what, what leadership should look, be, look like and be doing and prioritizing. And then the next little part of in our investigation or exploration into the, the Bible is what does apostolic prayer look like? Prayers that the church should be praying, that we should be praying, our leadership should be praying, etc. And you could look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 22, and Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21 again. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through to 11. Paul prays these prayers, Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to the four, through to 14. Um, and then we move on quickly in this exploration. What meetings should look like? from a New Testament point of view, from a Bible point of view, and you could study 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, 12, 13, 14, but chapter 14, verse 26 to 39, and chapter 12, verses 1 through to 12, etc. Study these things. Uh, and, you know, I made a note of this. In, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says to these Thessalonians that they became a model church. And... Uh, I just looked in my Bible, and I, I, I want to just quickly open my, my Bible to that, that page. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, where he says this, uh, he says, you became a model church in the, in the seventh verse. But preceding that, he says this, we always thank God for you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continue to remember before you, God, the Father. Now, what is a model church? That's what I'm, your work produced by faith. Not just energy, strategizing, it's faith. Your work, not lazing around, leaving it to God. Your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. What we do, we do for, out of love for God and for love for people. And your endurance inspired by hope. 
We don't give up. We don't quit. We always hope. We go forward. And then he goes on and he says uh, in, in, in the eighth verse your, that your message rang out everywhere. See, churches shouldn't be just church in, closed in four walls. If that's where the church ends, your people go home and that's it. Now, the message should be ringing out across the world through all of God's people. And then he says also in uh, chapter 1, verse 6, that you, you welcomed the message with joy. Your people, we ourselves as leaders, that's where it starts. But our people need to welcome the word of God, the whole word of God, not just their favorite little topics or just things that they want. But the whole, they welcome it with joy. This is a model church. And then he says, uh, you turn from idols to serve God. Now, we don't have idols generally that are little things that they had in the Old Testament times. But haven't we got idols? Sometimes we make an idol of our pastors. Sometimes we have make, make idols of our car, our home. What we're giving the most of our attention to is really what we're serving. And so a model church turns from those things and goes all out for God. I hope this isn't hard. I hope you're getting it in your heart and you're seeing it with joy, receiving the message with joy. But also, they're expecting Christ's return. We, how many Christians are actually looking for, expecting Christ could it return at any given time? With that expectation, serving God, with oil in our lamps, the wise virgins of that parable. And then also, he says this, that they reserved, received the word the right way in chapter 2, uh, chapter, in, in, this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, and that in verse chapter 3, verse 8, he talks about them standing firm in faith. These are some of the characteristics of a model church. And you can look at 2 Thessalonians, there's a few there too. I haven't got time, I'll look now, 21 minutes, I think I've been going, and I have to wind this down. But just quickly to say this, not only in our investigation, what does the church look like, studying it from the Word of God, uh, what it should be doing, the leadership, how, and what apostolic prayer looks like, and meetings look like, but where we could plant. Joshua 1.3 tells us we should be investigating where we should plant. And so we move from just the Bible now to us having to place our feet upon every every place upon which our foot should tread that God has given to us. So look at where, God, what are you putting into my heart? I want to actually prepare a message. I've started it already on what's that that God has put into your heart, like he did with Nehemiah. And then go and have a look. See how we're going to do this. And who might plant with you? That's the next part of our investigation. Who could we take with us? Pray for the right people. Uh, bearing in mind that some people will come and only be scaffolding. They won't stay there and be part of the building. But we don't want to take troublemakers. But people who really have a heart for uh, church planting um, and for serving God, even on translocal ministry together with you in a little team. So uh, I'm going to have to come back to this and, and with these last two points and, and, and some uh, tie it up in another brief session uh, later. But once again, I'm just asking you, God bless you. Do your best for God. Give it all you've got and trust God. Persevere. Don't quit. He's with you. He'll bless you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.